on Holland Sabbath the dark. When I seen a man chilling with his dog in the park, I approached him very slowly with my heart full of fear. Looked at his dog, oh my god, a ill reindeer. But then I was dealing with Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You are listening to The A Show, episode 166. I'm Justin here with Meals, and we are the pink of pro wrestling podcast. Meals is very festive in this room today. That was a very, um, a very, how do I like to say, I guess it, it can be referred to as classical music now at this point. It's very, oh that was very old. <laughs> oh my God. But you know, I was trying to find a song. And um, I feel like if we did Mariah Carey, we would be out of there within seconds. Like, they know. True. Yeah, this is of course. A, this is a safer bet uh, than Mariah Carey is um, to put on the top of the show. I, I had to cut it really quick or else we were the, the DMCA uh, gods were going to get us. So, uh, so you well, think well, Run DMC doesn't have the same sort of uh, zeal as a Mariah Carey does this, this, this season? I looked on the charts. They're nowhere to be found. So no. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair. <laughs> They're nowhere to be found. Uh, welcome, you guys. This is, of course, uh, you know, a, a, a very festive holiday seasonal uh, episode of the A Show. Whatever, uh, whatever holiday uh, you prefer or that you celebrate, you know, happy, happy one of those to you. Um, we're going to be doing our year end list today all 20 entries so this is going to be a lightning fast episode but also uh one where we cut out a lot of the bs so no holds barred is suspended for the next two two weeks uh so we're going to give you guys a reprieve from the wrestling news unless something huge happens which i don't think will happen right no shouldn't no i don't think so unless something happens at the tampa dome i have no idea what could happen uh but yeah no let's definitely give them a reprieve um so of course Similar to what we do every year, we're going to do our year-end shows kind of in two parts, but we're doing it a little bit different this year. So as Justin has said, we're doing all 20 categories in this episode. I think we're going to end up, some of them are going to be lightning rounds. Some of them are worth a discussion whether or not we actually have them or not. Um, and then next week, by popular demand, we're going to take, once again, a hot takes episode. These are your 2020 hot takes, ladies and gentlemen make them good we are going our we're going similar to our three-year anniversary show we're going to try our best to answer them all maybe um <laughs> i'm put a hard maybe in there um <laughs> however you know 2020 has been in a wild year in professional wrestling so i think it's worth at least listening to what you guys hear what you guys expect in 2021 would you guys you know a bunch of different things. So expect this. We're going to open the hot takes lines immediately after this episode, because quite frankly, we might record next week's episode a little bit early. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, so I was, I was like, we're not going to do next week's episode. It's going to be so, uh, so fluid, I guess, uh, as to like what we'll be doing next week and what our plans are. Yeah, we might, you might, if something big happens, we might call an audible and just, you know, have to do a, do a little tape thing. But quite frankly, uh, you know, we, we want to get the hot takes in. We want to record this episode. We want to be a fantastic thing. And then we also want to enjoy the new year with our family and friends and holidays and all this other stuff like that. Um, yes. um so let's get right into the show really, really quick. Um, I want to talk about TLC. Uh, that was right. on, that was on Sunday. Um, really good show. I, I can't, I cannot lie to you. Uh, I, I feel like everything pretty much hit. 
Um, the, the, the winners made sense. The matches made sense. And there was a huge angle at the end of the, of the pay-per-view that you either hated or you really loved. <laughs> I don't think I saw any hate unless it was like, it did was I that, see any hate? It was that side of, 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 the, of the wrestling discourse that hated it. Of course, uh, I, I saw like just the people like post-wrestling hated it. And I was just like, come on, guys. Like, Wow. Okay, so you go to Wikipedia, right? And you look up TLC, Table Ladders and Chairs 2020. The results is hilarious because it does not say Randy Orton defeated the Fiend Bray Wyatt. It says Randy Orton killed the Fiend Bray Wyatt in the <laughs> Wikipedia page. Thank God for Wikipedia in this moment. But I, I, I saw a couple of, of outlets. I saw Justin Barrasso on Sports Illustrated saying, uh, you know, saying some things about it and saying, and my thing is this, like, I don't know if that match was meant to like overshadow the whole card because I feel like that's the only thing people are talking about and really taking away from the, the, the work that people like Carmel and Sasha did, uh, had and uh, McIntyre and AJ Styles had, like, you know, they managed to really pull it out, you know, during, during the show. And, and I think that, you know, there was a lot, you know, that show had everything for you, right? Like it had the serious, you know, plunder battles. It had, you know, a, a huge return and it had, you know, some, some raw, raw at the end. And I felt like that's what I loved about TLC. It was something for everybody. No, I agree. I agree with you. And quite frankly, it was the only thing that made me actually want to tune into raw the following night. You know, we've been, we've been talking a lot about WWE and decisions they made. And honestly, they've been playing it safe for quite some time, especially with this whole Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt, the fiend feud, um, as kooky as it been, I do think they've been playing it safe in, in terms of just kind of a very low stakes thing. But now, I mean, the ante has been upped. Yes, this is professional wrestling. So we've seen multiple people killed at various points in professional wrestling in return. Um, so I would, you know, just let everyone, okay, just take your imagination from it. And WWE isn't the only promotion to kill somebody. I'm pretty sure TNA had Mickey James get hit by a train or something. Yeah. And they acted like they hated that. Listen, man, like, you know, I, I didn't know we had to only like highbrow stuff, but I don't think either company is doing highbrow wrestling in general. You know, like they're both doing some silly shit in order to pop people. There was a and, musical in wrestling a couple months ago, by the way. So yeah. we're talking highbrow. Come on. This they, weird. They broke out in the song and dance, by the way. I, and people acted like it was the second coming of Seinfeld. And I, I guess that's... <laughs> wow, it's so different. <laughs> wrestling, I didn't know wrestling could be taken in these type of lanes. Maybe they should do this more. Yeah. Oh, my God. But yes, uh, really enjoyable show. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about kind of the, the, the follow-up from that. Um, of course, I, I think the biggest match that surprised everyone, I think, was Sasha and Carmella. Um, I, I, I gotta, I gotta apologize to Carmella for one. I, I think she, she hung, she hung in there. And the thing about it is, is that, you know how, like it, it was crisp and I know we give her a lot of shit and I know we give people like Lacey Evans a lot of shit sometimes, but when, you know, they'll never, they're never going to get good if they don't work with people like Sasha and Bailey, you know, like they have to run these laps with these, you know, elite, you know, workers in order to get good. And I think that whether it be Charlotte or Sasha, I think, you know, every time Carmella has kind of rose to the occasion. Um, you know, I can't say that much for everyone she faces, but this match was spectacular to me. Uh, you know, I liked it as well. I was thoroughly surprised and also impressed once again by the work of both Sasha Banks and Carmella in this match. It's interesting the way they did. You know, Carmella gets a new character. She loses off rip. Um, let's hope this character is worth a damn moving forward. Uh 
just because you know it, it it just seemed it seemed weird to introduce a new character give him a title shot and then have him kind of like lose immediately but i don't it's over right i, I don't, don't think it's over neither but it just seemed like maybe this wasn't the intro feud but yeah at least makes carmella seem somewhat you know relatively important but but mella mella you fine uh-huh real fine yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's Reginald for taking all those bumps too. By the way, yeah, Reginald. They named him after Dirt Weed. How about that? <laughs> you know what time it is. Um, so I want to talk about something else on the on the car. Obviously, AJ Styles, Drew McIntyre was was good. How'd you feel about that one? Was it was it good to you? No. Um, you know what? I missed half of it. I okay. definitely missed half of it. But I I came in for I guess the. The only part that mattered, which was the fact when it turned into a triple threat match. Oh boy. Okay. All right. So, you know what? I'm not even that mad because it seems like they're going to retcon this thing, which is so hilarious, and I'm 100% for it. So, I reserve the right to be mad at a later date. Absolutely not retconning this. If I reserve the right to be mad at a later date if this injustice isn't rectified in some sort of way. So, I'm going to say the match was fine and it did what it's supposed to do. And you know what? It continues a story and it leaves a sense of intrigue coming out of it, which I am happy with. However, if the Miz is not returned with the money in the bank, just know I will come back on this show and I will burn Monday night raw to the ground. Because well, they deserve all the low viewership and ratings they get for not changing a damn thing. Well, I uh, I hope that you have the same kit that Randy Orton had at the end of the night with the gasoline and of course. Uh, so it was um, like a little bit gasoline thing. It was like my baby's verse gasoline type of thing. I was like, oh, it's a little. They needed, awesome. they, they needed the can the canister that the young bloods were drinking out. Yeah, of. <laughs> I was like, this nigga's drinking gas. <laughs> Atlanta different. <laughs> uh, I wanted to talk about a tweet of yours from Sunday and a return. So, of course, oh, we guessed Okay. It. We guessed it. Charlotte Flair returned. And, of course, Meals said... <laughs> Wait. <laughs> you said... <laughs> this is what we're referring to on the show? Okay, sure. Why not? That if, if Charlotte came back with the BBL, it's, it's over for the rest of the locker room. <laughs> If she came back looking like Mulatto, it would have been a different <laughs> It would have been, damn, is that a goat or is that a goat? You know? Like, just one in the making. Um, Listen, BBL Flair, the best new gimmick of 2020. It's a... Uh, it's all it's all you need. I'm pretty sure. All right, if I'm pretty sure Andrade, you know what? Andrade might. I don't know what Andrade's tastes are, just in women in general. I'm not gonna say he's like, yo, baby, like you know. Was in. Yeah, you got some work done here. Maybe you wanna, you know, get some work done there or something like that. I don't know mm-hmm. what he says. Maybe he loves her the way she is. Maybe she's she, perfect the way she is. She really invests in herself. I appreciate it. I'm gonna give hey, her listen. one. You fine. I'm gonna give her one of them. Real fine. Sorry, I'm in the cabin with it. Go ahead, Mills. Charlotte Flair's self-investment has definitely paid off. So, 
not even anything you could say bad about it. I mean, and she's a, she's a tag champion. We we are we are starting the road to Oscar Charlotte. I mean, how many people didn't see this coming? By the way, how many people didn't see that it was obviously they practically like they didn't even like give it the like intrigue reveal of like we're gonna wait a few seconds before this music hits it's like charlotte mm-hmm. flair what did you expect <laughs> she's here um and she's I winning like i almost felt like they did that um because the latter the tlc match ran a little long i feel like mm. i feel like they did that um because that that match was long as hell it was like 40 minutes <laughs> it was really fucking long um I mean, that wasn't the only title that changed hands. The tag team titles changed hands. Hurt business. Finally, Prime Alexander. This nigga's wildin', Mills. He is a wild boy. Good for him. He needs to wild out a little bit. Like, he needs that that group, to be honest with you, besides MVP, that group needs a little bit more of uh, tenacity. And I'm not going to say that Shelton Benjamin and Bobby Lashley are tenacity, but in terms of just that brings that extra swagger. You know what I'm saying? That brings that, like, oh, I fuck with this guy. He's dangerous. Um I like Prime Alexander. I like Shelton Benjamin. Shout out to Shelton Benjamin. It's been 18. It'll be 18 years that he debuted next week. Either. No, actually on Saturday or Sunday. It'll be 18 years since he debuted on a main roster and still winning tag team championships. So shout, shout out to, to Shelton Benjamin. Black excellence all day. Don't cry. Uh, you just don't. And then we, I mean, Roman Reigns KO. What an emotional match, man. K- KO is that face right now. He's the he is the baby face. Him and Drew are like Can the... we talk about can we talk about your your comments on Friday that see, people seem to not really get behind and not really understand where the hell you were coming from? Yeah, we could talk about that. Um and I said, you know, obviously this didn't happen, but this is Friday. I said, why don't you just give KO the damn belt if only for a month Roman can win it back? Someone pointed out Roman wouldn't have been pinned. Because it was a ladder match, you know, essentially ladder match rules. And it would have given KO some fire. It would have given him, a, you know, something to, to say like, hey, he got one over on Roman. He, he outsmarted him some type of way. I don't know how they're going to book it, right? I don't know how they're going to do it. There was a lot of ways they could have did it on Sunday. And people got really upset. And they were like, no, and, you know, you turn in, you're turning on Roman. I'm just like, no, I'm not turning on Roman. And I think you'll agree with me, Miz, or Meals, this storyline needs... Oh, Meals. <laughs> this storyline needs a it needs a, 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 a something to turn the page you know it needs a it needs a twist it's I the agree. same it's the same thing over and over again he got he got the hell beat out of him two on one on sunday i thought you know here's the thing ko and roman they're not the problems here let, let me just be clear i'm not turning on the performers the actual booking of what roman's doing is starting to be like a treadmill at this point and i still feel that way even though the match was spectacular on sunday we're going to get the same thing on on Friday. They announced a fucking steel cage match, Meals, with KO mm-hmm. and Roman, with the idea being that Jay can't get in. You know he's going to get in. <laughs> you know Jay's going to get in. It always happens. Right. So, like, at the end of the day, what would have been wrong with, with KO getting another reign and losing it on Friday? I, I don't I don't see the issue here, especially if it was... Especially, if it, yeah, they're doing the cage match on Friday. <laughs> exactly. Like, it could have been... Remember the time when Chris Jericho... Won the title at the beginning of Raw. Triple H put um, Earl Hebner, was it, in the in the little arm hold and made you know Jericho relinquish it. And Jericho was like the biggest face in the world for like absolutely. 
they could have done that where Roman was going to punish someone close to KO. He loves the Riot Squad. He could have been Liv or somebody. They were, they were going to punish them or, or do something to them. And KO gives or he them. holds up he holds up SmackDown or something. Like he's exactly. like, listen, I don't I don't come back. You don't have me on your show. You don't get all the great viewership and great ratings until I get my championship match. And they're going to they're going to fold. I think that would have been a great idea. And, you know, like you said, there are several ways they could have did this. I think ideally what we wanted in the end was for them to make a new sort of a, a new big face for SmackDown. SmackDown doesn't have a really big face. It doesn't have that work. They have Daniel Bryan in the tuck, but Daniel Bryan is forever in the tuck currently. He is someone that they're like, okay, we're going to use him when we use him. But I think with KO, this is a genuine you know, opportunity to say, okay, let's make another major superstar on this roster. You look at people in the Attitude Era, you look at Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, McFoley, Undertaker, Triple H. Why can't we have that many superstars going on simultaneously on the Raw roster? I mean, on the SmackDown roster or the Raw roster for that yeah, matter. I think saying, just... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, people were saying <clears throat> that you don't want to bounce the title back and forth or around. I'm like, this is not the sense of hot potatoing this title. If yeah, Roman's- first of all, yeah. First of all, sometimes you, sometimes to be honest, you need to, and it isn't anything with the prestige of the championship. The prestige of the championship is whoever is holding it. But at the same time, you're going to want that championship to also have a little bit of a pulse. You don't want it to be dragged down and bogged down by simultaneous 200, 300 day reigns back to back to back to back. And yeah, that makes champions, but realistically, not every champion holds championships for 200 300 days i mean you look at roman's just past career in general roman has not held the championship for very long on any of his reigns until now and that's what I mean, people want that's what this so someone you know said like well roman's finally getting the, the reign that we want him to have i'm like he can still have that reign they just they yes, just they can they just gave randy orton a three-week reign and it didn't hurt I, that belt whatsoever i think the run is more important than the reign in this uh you know situation with Absolutely. pun intended as well, <laughs> pun intended. I I am um, I am I love the match on Sunday. I mean, there, I mean, you know, there's a there's a lot of moving parts with that. I thought KO was a spectacular face in that match. He should stay a face. Who would have thought he would have been a better face as, than a heel at this point? But you know, I, I I see him getting beat like a drum on Friday on Christmas Day, and then Roman moves on to. I mean, does he have a match? Are they going to do it a third time at Royal Rumble? I just think that that's very ill-advised for Kevin Owens. I'm sorry. It just is. I mean, yeah. But then the thing is, we're six weeks away from the Royal Rumble. So are we really want to, like you said, it's the problem with the storylines. Do you, re- I want to ask the listeners this. Do you really want to see Roman Reigns beat up Kevin Owens again for six weeks? Yep. And I asked you guys that, and I wanted, you know, for six weeks, five more SmackDowns. Do you really want that? If you do want that, then uh, to be honest, the problem ain't Vince. Problem might be y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Like it, it is. I mean, I mean, how how do we get there with 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 Roman? And I I think that with with, with Drew, and we'll you know we'll talk about the Raw side in a second when we when we kind of look forward to twenty twenty one like. We, I can already tell you, there's only really two, three people on that show that need to that need to go against Drew, and he's going to get to those those feuds in short mm-hmm. order. In fact, he's already probably pretty much in them right now, right? But yeah. with Roman, it's Brian and it's KO, and that's it. Someone's gonna but, have to beat him one time. 
Right. And they're, and the thing is, they're such in a different tier. It's a clear different tier than Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns stands at the top kind of alone on SmackDown. Whereas on Raw, you still have kind of like viable contenders. You have a Randy Orton, you have a Bray Wyatt. I mean, even The Miz, I would say The Miz is not in the same tier. He's a little bit below the tier, but you can excuse that when you have two other people who are kind of like, okay, in that. And if they wanted to ever choose them to bring them to this next tier, they could. SmackDown doesn't have that, you know, luxury. SmackDown has Roman and they have everyone else. And it's yeah. been clear for the past couple months um, and it needs to change. Why not make KO a star? You know, what do you have to lose? KO is amazing. You use him for everything else. Just let's just do it. Pull yeah, the trigger. Him, give him a rain. Fuck it. Give him a rain. Fuck it. Um, I want to get serious really quick. So before we get into the list, right? Okay. If I can be serious for a minute without being interrupted. So uh, this is going to be a different uh, episode of Sorry If This Offends because I don't want to offend anybody today. I, I want to I offer sincere thank you to everyone that is watch, or not watched but listened to this show uh, for the past year. Uh, 2020 has been a wild year, especially in pro wrestling, but not only that, in our lives. It's still, I mean, it's still wild to this day. There's a news that comes out every single day that's wild that we don't want to listen to. We don't want to see. Uh, it just seems like there's you know, things that are hopeless. But in all, through this show, through the listeners, through our fans, you made this literally one of the most popular and expanded upon and, you know, listened to wrestling podcasts of the year. I can't think of how many times I've looked at the Apple charts and seen us up there in the top 100. Um, you know, it's just been a spectacular year for the A-Show. And I just want to thank all the listeners for just this crazy year, really doubling down on us and, and choosing us as, as your hosts and your kings of pro wrestling. Um, you know, I, I, I looked at our, our, you know, some of the episodes that we've done, some, some of the things that we've done this year, just really coming through with COVID. I mean, again, Meals, you worked so hard this year. You know, I just want to say thank you as well. Absolutely. Uh, I, I, we could not do this without you guys. We could not push forward without you guys. And, and in 2021, who knows what's going to happen? But, um, you know, I, I don't want to offend today. It's, it's almost the holidays, you know. So I just want to mm-hmm. say. Also, l- let's also give thanks to, of course, Cyrus. Um, yes. Let's give thanks to the, the, the rewriters clan over there, the rewriters room, um, Armand, CC, Channing. Um, once again, continuing to add to this content. Um, and just in general, and I think one of the ideas we had for this year was to continue to expand, continue to add content, continue to add different flavors, different voices to all this other stuff. So I think a large part of us continuing to vault this year was part of them and bringing them on and adding these shows that you know people enjoy um, and listen to and stuff like that. So thank you to got you guys as well. And yeah, let's keep it going for 2021. Maybe we'll add one more. Maybe we'll have a show for every day of the week. I highly yeah. doubt it, but maybe. Who knows? That would be great. That would be spectacular. Um, I'm going to break right here so that we can start the list. There's a lot of categories to go, to go through, and we're going to have a lot of conversation. So uh, we will be right back on the A-Show after this break. That was, that came in a little bit harder than I thought, but we'll be right back. Then we go hit the mall, even though we ain't falling Feel like we bought it all. The mistletoe's right here. Come get your 
Baby, Chris is the owl and all a good night. Huh. Now we all living the good life. Yeah, though it's 40 below the windshield. And we wipe the snow up off the windshield. It's still wonderful night to be alive, baby. And I'm so happy I'm with my baby. And we a little late with the Christmas gifts. Rushing for the mile. Don't trip. You know I drive crazy. The streets lit up. It feel like Christmas officially. Yes, sir. We are back on the A-Show. Meals, we did a we did a special Christmas thing. Are we allowed to announce what the, what show we were on this week? Yeah, why not? I mean, <laughs> yeah, it be out, or it gonna, it'll be out by the time this comes out. We we were on the uh, forecast, COVID boys. Uh, uh, we, yeah, we talked about uh, some of our uh, best Christmas gifts. Really good conversation. Make sure you listen to that. They did so much. I'm not sure if you were there for Jamal's story. I think you might have left at that point. He has a very wild story that happened. So definitely tune into that. Uh, We were on COVID boys. So yeah, shout out to, shout out to Rob. Shout out to Nell, of course, you know, also ugly radio chatting with Nelson also on the RNC radio network gang gang. Um, And yeah, that was, that was a fun time. That was a fun time. It was, it was cool to just sit down and, Talk about Christmas and 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 really just link with the boys. I hadn't seen you guys' faces. Well, I seen I see meals. I talk to them every week, but I hadn't seen their faces in such a long time. So it was, it was great to uh, hop on that Zoom call with them. Make sure you listen to that really long episode, but really really good, especially if you're not going to be doing anything, which you shouldn't be <laughs> over the holiday break. Um, really quick, meals this week on SmackDown Christmas Day, we got KO and Roman in a cage as we talked about before the break. Big E versus Sami Zayn IC title. Do they pull the trigger here like they did with uh, Rusev that one time? Yeah, why not? It's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, looking forward to 2021 for SmackDown. What what are some things that they need to focus on talent-wise? Who are some talent that they need to focus on? Oh, I think 100% the uh the continued effort with the Street Profits and and yeah. finding them more tag teams, finding them more scene and creating a better tag team scene. I think one of the best things that SmackDown has done is that we kind of get a variety of different like you know, programs that are in the spotlight or time. You'll have a Seth Rollins versus Buddy Murphy a main event one show, and then you'll also have a Bailey versus Bianca Belair main event another show, and then you'll have KO getting his ass whooped by Roman Reigns closing another show. So I think what they do best is adding continued variety, and I think one of those that need to be in that sort of a that spinning wheel of variety is the tag team championships, and I think having street profits go up against sort of any notable really strong tag team uh just continues to add to them they're stars they're stars in the making i have to give a shout out to angelo dawkins because he came through on smackdown heavy he was moving mm-hmm. yeah he was working really really hard so we have that um and just i think with smackdown there's a lot of stars that still aren't utilized, but I think we're going to find our way to get them utilized. And yeah, I, that, that's my thing for SmackDown. Yeah. Um, I, I think that with a, with one thing that we're, we're both like not even like realizing, and I, I just realized this, even looking at the depth chart for SmackDown, there's a big absence on that show within the upper mid and upper card. And that is Seth Rollins and SmackDown really needs to capitalize and fill that hole that Seth Rollins has, has left since he's been gone. There is, an, there is someone like an Aleister Black that has not been on TV for months that you guys need, they, you know, on SmackDown, they need to start utilizing immediately because there is a huge, you know, gap left there with Seth Rollins. I mean, where is Dominic Mysterio? Where is Rey Mysterio? Where is Buddy Murphy? They've been on TV for weeks. You know, like what is going on with that? Well, like there are, there are birthday th- last Friday. So he was like, yo, I'm calling out. 
<laughs> we turn it up. But I'm there. There is a huge, huge gap there. I know we don't want to run right back to Alistair and Buddy, but with Buddy being a face, the the look of that feud is different. So I mean, that's something that could be a a, a match that gives you um, great matches or a feud that gives you great matches every time out. Cesaro and Nakamura break them up. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's it's time for them to, to, time. to break up. I yeah. think. That they, they, they both need to be singles right now because the division desperately needs them. And I think that if they focus on maybe Baron and his team being in the tag picture, that works a lot better for me. I, I just think that SmackDown needs to shake up within, not, not get new people, but shake up what they have because they have a great core. They're just not utilizing them right. And, and I think that with you know so much focus on Roman, it really does take away from the, the talent that they do have there. Um, going to Raw. That was a pretty much a, it was a pretty much a nothing episode I'd say um n- nothing like crazy I thought the main event was really fun uh, first time seeing these those, those guys work together uh, but we're starting the Sheamus Keith Lee Drew McIntyre thing how'd you feel about that? Uh, eh, uh, I was tuned out by the end of Raw. By Raw I was all rawed out. I was like, oh, I'm t- I'm tuned in for the show, and then by the end I was just like, okay, yeah, six man. Um, I th- I think it's good. I think it gives, you know, I think this will be Keith Lee's a very prominent program for for Keith Lee, um, especially going up against a heavy hitter like Sheamus, who really kicks the shit out of people. I think uh, Keith Lee will be, you know, put to the test in this, and especially if it leads to a championship shot in the future or something along those lines. We could still be leaning into what we were talking about with Keith Lee, you know, becoming a heel in this situation. Yeah. So. Yep. He has, a, he has a reason. He has a reason. And if they write this well, um, they could they could do possibly a double turn here with Seamus and Keith. Like, I, I really think that it's just best for them to turn Keith right now. I, I think that with Braun Strowman being out, he's going to be out for a long time. Um, they, they need to have a monster heel there. And why else would you have this guy working to be a monster if he's not going to be a monster? Absolutely. So go ahead and do that. Yeah, man. Turn on them, um, them crackers, you know? <laughs> Um, we also got uh, Charlotte's return, but also the announcement of Legends Night uh, hmm. in two weeks. USA said, uh, "All right, niggas, <laughs> we need uh, we need ratings back. Come on, come on, figure it out. Kill him, kill a nigga. I don't know. Come, <laughs> get with it." Uh, so you you have um, you have Hulk Hogan, um, you have Ric Flair, you have Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold, a, a, a slew of other people coming out for Legends Night. The last time we had a huge Legends program, it led to Batista uh, Triple H. That was a huge, huge night, a, a really big surprise for the company. I think oh, this yeah. will have, I think this will have mania implications for for someone, whoever it is. I don't. Here's the thing: we were thinking Orton Edge, right? I don't know if this Fiend thing is over with. I'm, you know, the rumblings have also been Edge fiend, which I'm sure Edge would love because he's able to. Yeah, he he loves this shit. Yeah, he'd able to tell a story. I don't know if they passed the buck somewhere or something along those lines, or ready or in transforms into Edge or something along those lines. Um, I think it could have mania implications, 100. Or they could go back to Orton Wyatt and then have Wyatt do the whole like. Ooh, spooky. I'm coming back alive at WrestleMania. Ooh. Oh, yeah, know. yeah. They're know. definitely under, they're, they're undertakering him here. I, I think without Fiend, you got to fall on something else. And if Edge does come back, that could be the guy that could give you those ratings on Raw. Um, but the same question I asked you about uh, SmackDown, I asked you about Raw. What, looking forward to 2021, what does Raw need to focus on 
um, to, you know, to get back on track. I think with SmackDown, they're on track. They're doing great. Um, they just need a little bit of, a little bit of reworking. I, I'll start with this one. I think that Raw needs to focus on their new stars. I'm sorry, like AJ is is a little bit older now. I think that I don't think he's moving the needle like they thought he would. Drew needs better dance partners. Drew needs a Keith Lee. Drew needs a Riddle. Drew needs a Ricochet. He needs a Prime Alexander. These guys need to be pushed immediately because I think if you start giving these people something new to see, they will watch the show and stop making them look dumb. <laughs> that is a big problem here. So focus on your on your you know on the guys that you're developing right now. For the women, Charlotte's back. So I mean, you automatically got your program there. I think they're pretty much gonna they're gonna do put this into uh, auto autopilot for the next couple months because Charlotte Oscar seems to be the direction. I agree. I mean, I agree wholeheartedly, especially with the more prominence of new stars. I think they want to go to obviously they're more you know established stars. It's like oh, they've been proving things, but you need to continue to highlight the new talent and highlight them on a weekly basis. And like you said, stop making them stupid. I think. Probably my biggest thing for Raw is the storylines. It is the storylines. Yep. It is the stories. It is the never-ending set of rematches back and forth and back and forth and back and forth to the point where watching Raw doesn't matter because you're getting the same match anyway. And they could have different results, but at the same time, it's like, but I've seen it four times in the last five weeks. So I think mm-hmm. they need to continue. And and it's hard. It's a three-hour show. You have to produce it 52 weeks a year, et cetera, et cetera. You're going to get same rematches. But I think one thing that SmackDown does that Raw does is they do a lot of alternating between story, match, story, match. And maybe they have the privilege because it's only a two-hour show and Raw is a three-hour show. But I would like to see much more big segments. Think of something like the Festival of Friendship. Think of something like um, like the Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton thing that you have going on. Lead up to these big moments, these big segments, all these other things. Maybe Raw needs a wedding somewhere. I mean, the last <laughs> one, believe it or not, a year ago they had a wedding and that introduced Liv to the show. So, <laughs> But maybe they need something along those lines. I think a lot of sports entertainment, a lot of storytelling is lost on Monday Night Raw. And I think we need, uh, you know, uh, Raw Roulette, Maybe we need a, a something. gimmicks, yeah. <laughs> gimmicks, gimmicks. Keep me tuned in. Take me off my toes. <laughs> All right. And that is our look at the shows. Uh, I, I, I suspect we'll have some things to talk about next week on the, both these shows on our final show of 2020. Uh, but let's get into our year end list. We got a lot of ways that we can go right here. Meals, I'm going to start from top to bottom just so we can get out of the way. Get, get all the big the big topics out the way real quick. I, so um, I have a damn. I want to start with the worst things first because I hate worse. <laughs> hate worse? You hate doing worse? I hate doing the worst because I feel bad. But I mean, yeah, some of these things definitely deserve it. But I definitely hate. You know what? Let, let's start from top to bottom. Let's, you're right. Yeah, let's, let, let's get all these good stuff while we can. Let's start off with match of the year. Uh, this was a hard category for me this year. It felt because the thing about you know wrestling in 2020, and I think you hit this, you hit this on the head a couple months ago, is that there was a lot of good stuff, but nothing that seemed like it mattered. And I chose matches. Yeah, like I chose matches this year that mattered and people talked about for more than a week. And I think in your in your picks you did as well. Um, for my match of the year. I guess we'll do our, 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 should we do runner up first or winner first? Runner up first? Let's do, you know what we can do? Let's do winner and runner up and then we can explain them. We can both give our thoughts on all of them kind of at the same time. 
Awesome. Um, my winner of match of the year was Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly at NXT TakeOver 31. And my runner-up was Ilya Druganov versus Walter on NXT UK TV. Um, two spectacular matches that were so against the grain of what WWE does. That is why it stuck out to me. Because I could have picked um, Dijak Keith Lee, which is in my top 10 from NXT TakeOver Portland. I could have chose a lot of matches um, that that really hit that that mark. But I think these two really showed that like WWE, when they want to can give you the matches that you would see on a new Japan and ROH or, you know, anything else. And I think that they do it better because when they, they have the talent to do this, you have Walter <laughs> sitting on your fourth or fifth brand, pulling off matches like this on TV, uh, on a brand that nobody watches. And everyone talked about it. And obviously Finn Balor, Kyle O'Reilly was something that after that match was over, everyone was talking about that they were going to watch it again. And that was the match of the year. And it happened so late in the year. So those are my two choices. They definitely broke the, you know, broke ground in WWE and gave us two matches that nobody expected. Absolutely. And for my matches of the year, I went with Undertaker versus AJ Styles Boneyard as my match of the year. And my runner up, I went with AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan on SmackDown. One, I think this Undertaker-AJ Styles match, I don't think we're going to have a match comparable to this in any sort of years of match of the year moving forward. I think just the cinematic value of this match and what it meant to Undertaker's career, what it meant to AJ Styles, what it meant, I think it just served a grander purpose in creating this moment for WWE, at least this year. We're not going to see cinematic matches again as long as they're doing the Thunderdome stuff, or at least we're not going to see them as frequently. I would say WWE, this was one of the things in the pandemic, the first thing, probably one of the strongest Mm -hmm. things that they knocked out of the park immediately. Mm -hmm. And it set the kind of structure of how they're moving with their pay-per-views, as long as they're going to be in the PC, as how they're going to move with a lot of their content moving forward for the rest of the year. Um, and AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan, I just thought it was a spectacular match. I just thought it was a great back and forth between two like absolute titans of in-ring product. And it was the only, I, I give it credit because it is probably the most notable Intercontinental Championship match of the year. Well, I guess besides maybe that ladder match too. It brought the Intercontinental Championship back. It gave a little bit of zeal to it. I saw how I saw how high I rated that ladder match from two months ago, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, I really love that match too. And and I think the hardest thing about match of the year was like there were some really good WWE matches, mostly on pay per views, but like they really hit. I mean, remember the the Andrade run from earlier in the year? Andrade I rated versus that Rey Mysterio in a ladder match. That was this year. Yeah, like I rated that extremely high at the time, and and you know, like I I had a lot of Bailey in in this, but I, but I think that like. You know, when, when you when you look at it, I absolutely agree with, with the Boneyard match. That would have been my my number three match of the year, which is funny. But um, I really enjoyed a, a lot of the stuff that, that they put on. Um, I, I had a, a little bit of New Japan in there, but nothing that really broke through like Finn Balor or Kyle O'Reilly did to me. Hmm. Um, let's get into wrestler of the year uh, on the male side. I think that in any other year, and I'm just saying this because we both have, we, we picked the same things. Um, but this is, this is probably the only thing, there might be one more thing here that is, that is uh, undisputed. Uh, what's the word that is, uh, we, we completely unilaterally agreed upon was our, our wrestlers of the year. Um, Drew McIntyre, wrestler of the year, runner up, Roman Reigns. Roman barely had a full year yeah, that was really <laughs> to it. do, but that was really it. For me, as far as wrestler of the year, I would have put probably Keith Lee in my third or fourth. Um, but Drew McIntyre, what can we say? This is a guy that this time last year 
We had heard rumblings of him winning the Royal Rumble, and we were rolling our eyes. And then when he finally did it, it was a fucking moment. How crazy was that? It was incredible. Um, it's weird that they were kind of, you know, the entire year kind of got pulled up from under him. And once people, uh, once people got knocked out of this, I'm gonna win. I don't know. All right, whatever. Police siren. Um, wouldn't be an Asian. The COVID. Finally, people. They're finally people that are outside. <laughs> Drew McIntyre just had an amazing year. I mean, banger after banger after banger after banger. You took a, you think of all the match of the year candidates from him. Yeah, we didn't have him on here's list, but he's the one who's consistent through the entire year. Who brought, to be honest with you, Randy Orton's good. And, you know, it just is what it is. But I feel like he took Randy Orton to a new level this year that we would normally not see unless Randy Orton was against someone who he truly gave a shit about. Um, like Edge. Yeah. <laughs> like, we saw we saw the greatest wrestling match of all time this year, yeah. you know, and, and, and Randy had a, a complete career resurgence. But when you look at the best booked baby face, the guy who night in and night out, whether it's on TV or on a pay-per-view is having one of the top matches on the card every single time out. It was Drew McIntyre for 12 straight months. He was doing it or, or not. I don't even think he had a, did he have a match on, on back on, on um, elimination chamber. He might not have, but he, he did it all year. You know, and okay. let me take a look. I, I mean, remember. even if he takes one night off, who cares? I mean, yeah, he, he and and I said this, and and I say, and I still say it. Drew don't miss, and he has not missed all year, and that is why he's wrestler of the year. Now, Roman Reigns was out for at least five to six months from WWE TV altogether, but when he came back, there was a seismic shift in Absolutely. the in the. In, and the importance and the visibility of the show that he was on, and that is SmackDown. If he was on Raw, Raw would be pulling those two, two-point whatevers, because he would be on that show that SmackDown's pulling. I think that he absolutely was a game-changer this year. And while Drew had, you know, got the shittier hand with the shows, I think that Roman definitely helped SmackDown in such a major way. Look at the fortunes of that show as soon as he returned. We got away from a Braun Strowman title run as soon as he came back, and he gave us one of the best heel turns and some of the best moments in these these pay-per-views of the year. And I think these two even gave us a banger at Survivor Series, and it was one of the top matches of the year. So Roman Reigns absolutely is one of the, uh, the wrestlers of the year. Absolutely. Um, let's go down the line again. We have tag team of the year. I chose the Street Profits as my tag team of the year. Which and I my runner up chose as well. Yes. Uh, not unanimous here because I chose as my runner up, and I feel really bad about this. They're going to kill me. I chose Kenny Omega and Adam Page. <laughs> oh my God. You chose them. Uh, I, get, I mean, uh, I didn't even. Uh. It is with. They're up there. I, I chose I chose Bailey and Sasha Banks. Why not Bailey and Good. Sasha Banks? Yeah. Double champions. They try to infringe upon a name that was uh mine, and I think you know, I had to send Oscar to get that name back. Now I'm happy. Oscar <laughs> um, has it. It's it's something I never really. It's weird. We never really talked about it, but even when we had the two belts thing, but um, yes, you know Bailey and Sasha. I think an amazing summer just owned both raw and smackdown for quite some time um and we're just having matches after matches after matches they were just really really good yeah 
Absolutely. I, I thought it, it, they were spectacular all year, even though they, they were not in my runner-up. They were definitely in my top five this year. Um, they did so much for the division, which leads us to our next award, uh, the female... Actually, no. We got to talk about the Street Profits really quick. Yeah. Let's talk about the Street The turn that they have had this year, from being on Raw in weird-ass segments to being, being called up proper, to winning the tag belts having some really hilarious matches and segments with the Viking Raiders to actually being one of the top tag teams in ring, not just out of ring, but in ring in the, you know, in the, the company is something to, you know, we, we talk so good about them before the break, but it's like, it's, it's a sight to be believed. Like these guys have really turned the corner and they are up there or they're going to be up there to me in the upper echelons of like a new day or something like that. Like they're going to make big strides in the WWE, you know, as they keep going. Absolutely. I think the run they're on right now is just incredible. They've maintained it through Monday Night Raw. Now it's on Friday Night SmackDown. They obviously own whatever show they own as big presences just in general to be able to have not only as a tag team, not only have the in-ring time, but have the mic time backstage and get themselves over. I mean, they are kind of one of a kind in the tag division and if anything will revitalize this division, it's a focus on them and focus on continuing to add competition for them. So, you know, Street Profits, they're just A1 this year. Uh, our female wrestler of the year. Uh, I really, really tough one for me. And, and I kind of cheated. And I think Mills is probably going to call me on it. But my female wrestler of the year, I I, I called it a tie. Um, I went Asuka slash Bailey. Uh, my runner up was. Thanks. <laughs> do, do I have to choose? Do I have to choose one? You should. Now you got like three names. <laughs> All right. I, I'll say my I'll say my wrestler of the year. <sighs> Female wrestler of the year is Asuka, and I'll say Bailey is my runner-up. So that another unanimous decision between you and I. Um, I, I have to say these were the queens of the COVID era. Um, they worked every single show. They worked all Not three shows at one. <laughs> I said Queens of the COVID era. Okay. Queens of the COVID era. They were the, actually, how about this? The Queens of the PC. There we go. Because they, they rocked it. They, they rocked it all year. They, they faced all challengers. Asuka, you know, became, you know, a raw women's champion and a money in the bank winner. So she pretty much sewed up her, her legacy (laughs) this year, especially with the tag team championships, winning them again. Uh, She's sewn up her legacy. And I think that if there was anyone who was a first ballot one, uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. It's the four horsewomen in Oscar because that is the story of the WWE this year. It was the four horsewomen in Oscar. Absolutely, and I think just in general, um, with Oscar just being someone who we we raised her jersey in the PC. Bailey as well. We also run you know Bailey's you know jersey in the PC as well. I mean Oscar, you talk about it from that Becky the Becky Lynch rematch at the top of the year, and just what an amazing program that is to being able to transition through the Kabuki Warriors and continue that run and have that run and being able to continue and transition into a women's championship run where she had when she won the Money in the Bank match and, and having all these amazing matches between Bailey and Sasha Banks and, and, and Nia Jax. Well, I don't know about amazing with Nia Jax, but having all these incredible kind of matches and being able to be so versatile Despite, you know, people would say, like, if, if you would say this about 10 years ago, everyone would say the language barrier somewhere is the reason why she'll never be anything popular or anything, you know. Uh, she'll never really truly stand out in the WWE. And she might have, and that might have been the case 10 years ago, but 
just now and being able to get across her character and truly find a groove within her character, um, whether it's Green Mist or whether it's Mask or whether it's, uh, you know, saying sexy, was it sexy wrestling friends? Something along those lines. Friends, sexy muscle friends. Sexy muscle friends. I'm a fan. I need to figure out how to be a sexy muscle friend. Um, but she's just been great. And Bailey as well. I think just the only reason why I wouldn't say Bailey is because I feel like just the strength of a lot of her defenses weren't that strong. Really low. Yeah, it was really low. And, and um, that's not her fault. <laughs> it, but she she had great matches with who she had them with. But I just think in general, just Asuka's had a much more flashy, dazzling year. Yeah, it, it um, you know, facing Lacey Evans and and Nikki Cross for half the half the year was it was not whoa, but that was the card they were dealt um, with COVID and everything. I mean, by comparison, Asuka was getting, you know, toward the end of you know towards the end of the summer, she was getting Bailey and Asuka in multiple weeks. Yeah, you know, and, and remember we hung up that's- we hung up Bailey's jersey because she we said if it's anything other than a one star match with Tamina, she's getting her jersey yeah. hung up, and by all means, she pulled out a a solid. I want to. I don't even remember the match. I'm not even trying to remember. But <laughs> she it was good. It was solid. Um next up, we have feud of the year. Uh Meals, what were your feud of the year? So my feud of the year, we'll start with the winner, was Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre. I just think it was kind of a classic throwback. It felt like a true month to month. Let's figure this out. Let's continue to raise the stakes. Let's add a couple more, you know, things into this where they added the whole Legends thing that Randy Orton beat up and becoming the new Legend Killer. It was kind of a spinoff of the Edge thing as well. I think they added so many wrinkles and revitalized Randy Orton in such an amazing way and solidified Drew McIntyre as a major... Pl- I'm, I'm going to need all these sirens to stop. Um, but, I don't like your takes. No, <laughs> but I think it just did... Amazing for both. I think Randy Orton it revitalized his character just in general as well as him becoming a prominent figure instead of someone who's kind of like sleepwalking through his run. And Drew McIntyre for just taking him to the main event level and just staying there. My runner-up, Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso. I think you just... With Roman Reigns, him coming back, him having that prominent story filled with such family, it's filled with such actual... uh depth and weight to it with Jey Uso and us being hanging on to every little bit of it and it's I don't think it's still I don't think it's over yet but we'll remain to be seen and maybe over who knows but I think what they did on Smackdown on a week-to-week basis was just incredible they, I mean they fucking started the the Smackdown trope of Roman and Roman beginning and Roman ending so I mean <laughs> that that's what they did um shoot of the year for me uh, the the winner of it is pro wrestling versus COVID nineteen, and this is this is all encompassing. Uh, I think COVID nineteen <laughs> did a number on the WWE. Um, it, it it was mostly handled in AEW. It did a number on New Japan Pro Wrestling this year. They didn't run a show for almost six months. You know they they were pretty much out of commission up to the G one. I, I think that this is such a huge deal, and it was such a huge thing that happened this year. That to me, nothing else took precedence over the real life implications of what was going on. And that's why I felt as though like everything that I watched this year, obviously 2020 will be graded on a curve other than like, you know, the, the few exceptions of just matches that whether they have fans or not, it was going to be a spectacular match. But all year, 
COVID-19 has had, you know, such a, a black mark on, uh, or sorry, a black eye on, on pro wrestling that, you know, when you start seeing your, your favorite people disappear during a feud, you know why, <laughs> you know, there were so many points where people would disappear for weeks on end and we would know why. And, and that was really the most heartbreaking part of what was going on this year. And, you know, it didn't rupture too many feuds, uh, but it did rupture the, the way that we watched pro wrestling this year. So I'd say that that was the hugest real life feud in pro wrestling. And I, I agree with meals here on my runner up being Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso. I mean, I know that goes from like one extreme to the next, but uh, Roman is also a force of nature. So there you go. Absolutely. Um, cringe worthy moment of the year. <laughs> All right. There was a lot to choose from. Um, my choices were for the winner. It was the first COVID-19 SmackDown where there, they, there was no fans in the PC. Uh, and my runner up was staying returning to AEW. <laughs> I just, feel, I just feel as though the first, you, you have to go watch the first, I, I don't even know if they have those segments on YouTube anymore. Oh, the, they do. The first, they gotta do a Bailey and Sasha screaming into the, the what is it? The nothing. Into, yeah. Into nothing. Uh, the, the weird, uh, that wasn't that show, but it was just that, that first COVID era SmackDown where, where Triple H showed up and then disappeared. Um, there were, there were just so much, you know, and it, it runs into my, my last category of the, of the, of the fuse of the year. Like this really punched that whole show in the stomach and WrestleMania and everything. They were forced to come up with a show based off of nothing. And it was, it was very hard to watch. I remember seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of articles about how weird that show was, even from outlets that don't cover wrestling usually. Um, but it, it was just weird. It was probably ill-advised due to how serious COVID was at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, a bad idea all around. Uh, and Sting coming back to AEW. Come on, we're, we're going to act like that was any cooler than it was. Come on, stop it. Uh, well, you're not the only one who has AEW on this list for cringeworthy moment of the year. By far <laughs> the most cringeworthy, the cringeworthy moment. I saw it live. I saw it with my own eyes. I couldn't believe it. it. Was Brandy Rhodes code switching in the middle of a promo against Jade? Um, I forgot her last name, but she is an amazing, strong woman. Um, boy, did that! It, it takes a lot for me. My runner-up is Otis, by the way. Otis wins Money in the Bank. So you know, it took a lot for me to go against the grain and just slap Otis right there in cringeworthy moment. But Brandy Rose's promo is still one of the most as a people are going to say, oh, why are you targeting black women? I don't think it's that. I think it's something with just a lack of genuineness coming from the promo. And I think everyone's going to be like, oh, Brandy gets a lot of stuff because da, 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 da. who wrote that? Why did it happen? <laughs> you don't talk like that normally. Why would you decide to talk like that now? Oh, it must be open mic night at this because I know this sister ain't coming up in here with that. And I'm just like, bro, are you are you dead ass? Are we doing this on TNT in front of white people? Wow. <laughs> like, I, I, I can't explain that promo at all. Um, and yes, my runner up is Otis winning Money in the Bank because, first of all, he didn't even climb the ladder to get it. And second of all, he should have never won it. So, boom. I agree. I'm sure Otis would pop up uh, in, a, in a couple categories from now. Um, next up, let's do some lightning rounds on a couple. Um, okay. If, if mind. Uh, most improved. Uh, I said my most improved this year was Randy Orton uh, with the runner-up being Cedric Alexander. What did you say, Mills? I said Kushida. Kushida, listen to Jeans. 
<laughs> they were they make the difference. They made the whole difference. Um, my runner-up, I'm going to say Angelo Dawkins. Angelo Dawkins really surprised me on SmackDown. He is, if you look at him, even when he first came to Raw, he's like 30 pounds heavier. Um, he's just lightning fast. He's got new moves. He got that little twist and spinny suplex thingy that he does now. I think his spinning stinger splashes hit a little bit more. So I'm going to go with Angelo Dawkins for most improved. So yeah, runner-up for Angelo most Dawkins. improved. Yeah. Uh, least improved. I said Nia Jax was my winner for least improved and Bray Wyatt was my runner up. I feel as though even with all of the shit that they give Bray Wyatt every single year, the time they give him, the money they spend on him, when the actual ring bell hits, it the matches don't. Uh, he, he was just disappointing all year and Nia Jax, I mean, come on, there, there has to be something given or you have to get extra money when you face her at this point because she is going to hurt you yeah. for real. Yeah. Um, I, I think she has not improved at all. Um, and something has to be done about it. And I think she gets actively worse every single year from when she first got into the, the main roster. So, yeah. I agree. My winner for least improve was also Nia Jax. I think she just makes, I mean, she probably does make an effort. It's just not a good enough effort. And I don't think there's a, there's no semblance of like, I care about the things that I do in the ring. It's more so I'm acting the role as a bully, but it doesn't seem like she's, trying to become faster trying to become stronger try to become any more um dominating than she is now you look at the career arcs of like a mark henry or big show or anybody other like these big people in sort of professional wrestling who've gotten better with time and who have been forced to get better because they were told they were shit and yeah nia Jax, who is a samoan who is large who is uh, in charge. She had some great moments over her career, but it doesn't seem like she's getting any better at this point. Um, my runner-up was Elias. It's always going to be Elias. I don't even think he even bothers <laughs> to get better. He just does... I, him in ring is me turn the channel off. That is it. Um, pay-per-view slash special of the year. This can go for any company. Meals, what'd you say for winner and runner-up? My winner of the year, Royal Rumble 2020. It had one of the best Royal Rumble matches that we've had in a long time, including a damn good undercard featuring a actually good Bray Wyatt match. Um, <laughs> my runner-up was NXT TakeOver 31. I, it, it, I just think it was really good, especially them figuring out what they're going to do in this post uh in this covid era thing and 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 all the matches you had Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly you had Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae um Damian Priest defeats Johnny Gargano North American Championship Kushida on the pay-per-view beating the hell out of someone who shall not be mentioned um <laughs> I think they just did overall it was a really good match yeah i um I think that you know when you when you look at when, when you look at um, promotions that had no clue what the fuck was going on, NXT is right up there. They had some rough times at the beginning of COVID, some mm-hmm. real rough shows, mm-hmm. and the ratings are that. And I think that I want to say I could say like I'd say probably post Halloween Havoc has been the most realized this show has been in a really long time and reinvigorating. And it feels like an actual fucking show. And you've said this too, meals. Like it feels like an actual show where stuff happens and it's not just, Hey, we can wrestle really good. Yeah. You know, there's actual storylines going on and, and they need to, they need to stay the course because I think that if they continue to stay the course and they build up these new stars, like a Leon Ruff, um, you know, like all these other people that are on the show that people actually do get behind and they will be, they, they will turn the corner, I think. And, and I think it'll happen really soon. 
Um, I think that my pay-per-view, or I, I voted my pay-per-view uh, of the year or special of the year, my winner was NXT TakeOver Portland, just top to bottom, a great show. Uh, Bianca Belair finished notwithstanding. Um, and I thought the runner-up was Royal Rumble 2020, just a spectacular show and a, and a time that we really needed because if you remember, this day was the, the day when 2020 really started to suck because it was the day when Kobe Bryant passed away. So um, it was a show that we all needed at that point to take our minds off of it. Absolutely. Um, Hottest news story of the year. Um, my vote for winner of that was speaking out. Um, that movement, and I'll say that's even my runner-up as well, that that movement trumped anything else uh, for me that happened this year in terms of just how important it is to the wrestling landscape and what it, you know, the the dominoes that fell. There were so many people that got fired that disappeared after that. So um, it was definitely an important, definitely an, an important uh, news story that, that we all needed to talk about. And, and I hope that that type of, um, you know, accountability follows through into 2021. Absolutely. And my winner for hottest news story of the year was Becky Lynch is pregnant. We have never seen a top star like Becky Lynch in WWE, a female who's absolutely running things. And for her, um, you know, she gets pregnant. She's dating. She's uh, dating. I guess she's engaged to Seth still. Um, and just like losing her on the roster was just huge. It was yeah. huge. What happened? I thought they were married already. Are they? I, I don't I don't know. Right. Right. Um, nonetheless, um, it was just huge. I think it was huge. It's still a major gaping hole on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Becky Lynch pregnant. My runner up, I guess it's a tie. Um, a lot of it was wrestlers getting COVID for various reasons. Very smart, rather smart or unsmart. Um, I don't think there's a smart way to get, uh, I guess. I don't know. It just depends. You can, <laughs> you can, yeah, you can get COVID randomly from just anything at this point is airborne. But uh, wrestlers getting COVID for doing unsmart things. And AEW acting like Matt Hardy didn't break his brain. And it was just like, nah, <laughs> he's just, uh, you know, he, he just went out to the store to get some, some milk and he'll be back to six, eight weeks. That was wild. Um, I'm going to say my most tasteless promotional tactic is Chris Jericho's podcast. <laughs> that I is funny. Talk is, Talk is Jericho has went from a show that is informational and hopes to actually broaden and bridge the gap between conversations into a piss fest where, you know, people get on there and they try and air their dirty laundry and, and make other people look bad or specifically companies that they come from and make another company look good. It's pretty tasteless. Um, I think that there's no merit to that. I actually, if there's anything I can commend Rusev for is not taking the bait when he got up there or Miro for not taking the bait when he was up there. Like he, he didn't do it. Um, I, I think that Jericho it's himself has become really kind of like, a harbinger of negativity more so than people realize, you know, just in terms of what he says in, about stuff in the ring as well as outside of the ring, you know, trying to call up a fan uprising for ratings, to all that stuff. Like, I, I think that that's terrible. Um, and I think that that's why my runner up for most tasteful promotional tactic is AEW's uh, Tony Khan's ratings tweets. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> Come on. You, you know what you're doing. You know what, you know, like, that's my thing. You don't want to build a wrestling company on our ratings are better. You want to build it on the talent that you have. And AEW has a lot of talent. I just think it's, it's tasteless. I think the, the piss throwing between the companies is just, it's, it's a lot. And I think that it's made the community way more toxic. And that's why I, I dislike it. And I dislike those two. So there you go. Um, my most tasteless promotional tactic was Twitch or die. You're either on Twitch or you're not on Twitch. 
Um, but if you are on Twitch, get the hell off Twitch because we're changing the rules and we're not really telling you why. So I thought <laughs> that was a, a bad promotional tactic by WWE. My runner-up, um, Impact giving a title to a racist. <laughs> The weekend nice. of the weekend of races of the racismo coming to light, and they just saying, "But we got to give it to the. We already had everything built up, and we, everyone's there." And then giving it to her, and then her deciding not to come back to the United States. That's what you get for giving it for a racist. Um, so I'm gonna. Did she get a job? Listen, <laughs> she probably gonna end up getting a job. She white. Um. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. yeah i uh i i the twitch thing is just is so weird to me still i mean aj styles even, even talking about it didn't make it any clear um worst match of the year uh my winner and runner-up was uh my winner was evil versus naito in new japan pro wrestling dominion just a terrible match from top to bottom and something that did not make that you know the, the belts or you know the company look very good in terms of giving that belt to evil. Uh, and my runner up is anything with Nia Jax. Wow. Worst, worst match wow. My worst match of the year was Bray Wyatt versus Braun Strowman in that swamp fight that no one asked for. Uh, it closed the show. They really have a hard on for Bray Wyatt because he's closed many a show. Um, but um, my runner up, I'm looking at my runner up. I actually have two runner ups now. Um, well, my first runner up <laughs> is Gargano versus Ciampa in that empty arena match, which I thought was a few didn't need to be happened. I think we were good with whatever, however it happened, however it concluded last time. It just seemed snake bit, and then they decide to double down, and it ended with a kick in the dick. Wasn't really a fan. Um, my run, I guess my run up to that runner up, Edge versus Randy Orton, last man standing match at WrestleMania. It's it, it hurts. Wow, it hurts to say <laughs> it, but that match was bad. It just was. Wow. Okay. Okay. Listen, can't say I'm ever, uh, can't say I'm ever, you know. You're, you're not front running. Yeah, I get it. Pretty much. Um, so worst feud of the year. This was almost unanimous. Uh, we both had Braun Strowman versus The Fiend as the winner. I agree. Um, nothing, nothing redeemable about that at all. The less said about it, the better. Uh, what was your runner up? Um, gosh. Hold on. Um, yeah, Champa versus Gargano. <laughs> that, was such a, that was such a short, shorter few than they had before. Uh, I, I, was it was the worst of the year. This feud made me say "fuck them" because <laughs> it's like, why? Gotten over that? Yeah, even like, because like, even you know, I was kind of like that a little bit, but like last week, I had to admit, like, Champ has been having good matches. Gargano has been really good in his role. I'm glad they gave him a stable of like young people to work with. Um, but I, th- there is a they need to keep them you know far away from each other so that we don't remember that. Absolutely. And I think that they're far away, they're far away enough from each other that we don't remember, and they're able to have their own, and especially on a two hour show with such you know a smaller cast of characters than the other two shows. It, they've they've managed to pull it off really well. Um, my runner-up for feud of the year was uh, FTR versus the Young Bucks. Just, just terrible from top to bottom. I agree. I agree. Uh, worst pay-per-view of the year, I went with Backlash 2020 and runner-up. Well, actually, this was unanimous. Yeah. Backlash 2020 and Super Showdown 2020 were our worst pay-per-views of the year. Hey, go back and watch them if you want, but we won't. 
most, most confusing booking decision. Uh, we both said, well, you said Otis. Was this Otis getting the the money in the beat break? Just, uh, the money in the bank case, it's, it's or just, just Otis? Otis? It's just Otis. <laughs> it's not a particular thing or anything of the rather. It's just Otis. You know, confusing. Um, what what was your runner up? My runner up was giving Charlotte the NXT Women's Championship. Didn't mm, make okay. sense. Didn't it, it okay. made even less sense in the pandemic era? <laughs> like it made less sense for us to be go for that show to still be going through what it's just say, you know, like let's give it a sh- let's have her go down to NXT, but not really because she's still a Monday Night Raw character. Oh, and she's also going to be on SmackDown. Oh, and she's also not defending this championship until she actually loses it. Hey, I'll agree. Most confusing booking decision was for for me. This is a deep cut. Was uh, not pushing Andrade mm. this mm. year. Bad news. He seemed poised. That, but that 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 is my runner up. I hope he comes back and is able to make a make a mark. Uh, last two, uh, last two here. Most memorable moments of the year for you, Mills. Edge returning to Royal Rumble. I mean, I legitimately. You could see it in his face. He choked up. I choked up. We both were kind of in our fields in that one moment. But Edge returning and from, gosh, career-ending neck injury. Who would have thought he would have ever returned? It was just incredible. Yeah. It was just amazing. And in my in my runner-up, well, I'll let you I'll let you say your winner because your winner is my runner-up. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Roman Reigns returning was my uh, most memorable moment of the year. Just we we didn't expect it, and, and I think that when you when you saw the fiend look to the left. And then he popped out of nowhere. It was one of the I I jumped out of my fucking seat. It was incredible. Uh, what was your, that was your yeah, runner up as well. My runner up, uh, my runner up was uh, did I have one? I didn't have one. I didn't I didn't put a huh. runner up. I forgot. What what was a memorable moment for me that I really uh-huh. enjoyed? Oh, I I really I, I really enjoyed uh, Keith Lee winning uh, both belts. That was that was that was going to be oh, my yeah. runner. Oh yeah, in spite of them spoiling the show and saying wow oh, they. They put the they put the title on Emma. They're spoiling the show. We got a leaker, and then it ended up becoming one of the highest rated NXT shows of the year, all time. Yeah, take that for data. <laughs> uh, final one, most overrated. I went with Cody Rhodes as my winner, and FDR as my runner-up. Mills, what did you? I pick? picked FTR as my winner, and Cody Rhodes as no, I didn't. Um, I picked Otis as my runner-up. I don't know why. Cody could have been there. Cody, Cody could have been, been there. there. Yeah, Cody is definitely overrated. Definitely is. I think that. I think that honestly, FDR and Cody, that that whole collective is. is they just don't. They do gave it for FDR me. what like, they wanted, know, like, and then they gave them the belts, yeah. and now they're no longer champions. And now it's like, okay, are you happy now? <laughs> is this what you wanted? I relevance. I, I can't think of. I can't think of a bigger rib than uh, Brody Lee and FDR being in the exact same places that they were when they left the WWE and AEW right now. I can't think of a big, a bigger rib or like, I'm sure they're happier. I'm sure the, the locker room is a lot more jovial and, and spectacular, but um, they're, they're in exactly the same place that I'm they sure were. I'm sure they can they call left. up Cody whenever they want and have himself. Hey, we think we should do this. Oh, I think that'll be great if I ever decide to do it. Um, let me just get back to my pyro conference. Uh, conference call um but yeah nah i i agree i agree 100 percent. and that was 
our year end list for 2020. Usually we split this into two, but I, I, I rather enjoy doing it all at once. It's pretty cool. I agree. I think we got through a lot on here. I think it's a lot to remember. Um, I look forward to you guys' hot takes next week on terms of who you got. If you agree with any of the things that we said um, or disagree. I, I want them to be focused on this list, honestly. Give us the hot takes for our year end list. And if you argue with us the best, maybe I'll change some of these some of these decisions that I made. I won't, but you can try, especially all the Otis-related ones. However, um, yeah, definitely hot takes given to us in terms of what do you guys think or who are your favorites of the year or not favorites of the year? What do you expect for 2021? Um, do you think AEW will, you know, do some more super shit in the future? Will Impact Wrestling ever die? Probably not, but you can, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Give them all. But if they're focused on this list, we're 100% happy with that. And we will definitely address them next week on the A Show. All right. So until next time, thank you guys for listening to the A Show. Really appreciate you guys listening. Please have a safe and blessed Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you guys believe in. Until next week, for meals, I'm Justin. Peace out.